0: Will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosis is great. It's Rusty Diamond, Motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, Motherfucker. Yo, man oh miss rusty what is up everybody it is wednesday thursday it is thursday today so welcome everyone i didn't do a show yesterday so i still feel like it's wednesday welcome to the public access podcast the p- podcast here in year 11 too many years with me being of course you know 27 or something right now years old and thank you everyone for being here and listening and if you are here and you're watching and you're going oh i don't want to look at this guy's face just go over to anywhere you listen to podcasts you can listen there or if you're listening on the podcast and you say "Hmm, i wonder what this guy looks like you can check it out on youtube or rumble or whatever here on the rusty diamond podcast network and it is time to bring on my special guest and i have my special guest right here right now and my special guest right here right now is pete wagner how you doing pete
1: i'm awesome rusty how about you
0: I'm doing great. I I'm have
1: hypnotized, not hypnotized, as yeah. a Jack Black said in School of Rock. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, get get everyone uh, on the right track right away. And um, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen you for uh, it's probably been like four years or something somewhere in there, probably uh, around there. But um, yeah, I I very much appreciate you bringing me on when i went out to minnesota and i i really enjoyed getting to to work with you out there and and do those shows and uh I'll be there to call the action with you that was that was a lot of fun i'm and i'm happy you're still going with it
1: yeah it was a pleasure thanks for uh jumping on there of course i think we're doing uh midwest wrestling's elite i think with danny duggan uh yeah the day so he and I uh we dared to be different and we did a little offshoot from steel the main wrestling and uh I I kind of wanted to get into promotion because I we had done these things at the uh Hopkins Pavilion where we had some really big houses the seven levels of hate with Cabana and Pierce were going on Ed Hellier, oh, okay. of course I mean the guy's a legend in the uh local uh promotions here in Minnesota I uh, will get into that in a little bit but uh, you know, I I wanted to take a swing at it and see see what I would do. That did make Ed very happy, by the way. he uh, yeah. didn't want the competition, but uh, you came around <laughs> and it was so cool because there was, you know, we were trying to get people that weren't in Minnesota all the time uh, at, at our 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 cards and our events. Oh, yeah. And, and so so uh, Danny is is so well versed. Uh, of course, he's with CWE that's how we came with midwest wrestling's elite to kind of like <laughs> make it more americanized and make it sort of regional as opposed to just one state, one area, one town. And um you you popped in and uh I think you were injured at the time is that correct? Yeah. And maybe you could do you were doing maybe some reffing if I remember and well, but, but yeah. more just announcing and so then you and I jumped on and did some some uh, productions together which was really fun.
0: Yeah, it was great. And uh and there's a couple things I want to point out. So, uh with that 7 Levels of Hate, there was uh one of them which was uh it was in Portland and uh, or near Portland and there was a promotion they did one of the 7 Levels of Hate there. And the uh, I believe that Adam Pierce and uh Colt Cabana, they both decided to like scrap that uh that whole day of whatever number that was and make another. So I think that, I don't know. I think that was number seven, but I think they ended up being like, okay, we're going to have to go somewhere else to, uh, to work on that.
1: Yeah. We were a uh, level, it. we were level three and it was, okay. an it was an I quit match and, uh, uh all right. it was absolutely terrific. Uh, we had a good house. Uh, it was really hot day. It was around the 4th of July, and it was incredibly humid, and that building had no air. The people stuck around for it, and just their whole uh, match was uh, brilliant. It was the first uh, uh, event that I'd ever been on a mic for, and oh, okay. uh, I did it with the legendary Mick Karch, who I have the utmost respect for. He is just the greatest, and uh, we had a, a, a great time, and then from there we just sort of leapfrogged. So what, what had happened really – um just full uh, transparency. We went to I went to we wanted to do a fundraiser uh okay. for the, the local Hopkins Youth Hockey Association. And I've loved professional wrestling since I was little. You know, I used to work my uh my uh church, my mass schedule around all star wrestling in the AWA. And uh so <laughs> I wanted to do it to. because I had seen this stuff was going on and at the time Buck Zumoff was doing his thing. And, uh, I just felt a little not right about that situation. Uh, it was a sixth sense that nothing was really known about it at that time. No, about him or any of that. But yep. the follow up, the follow through, it was just, you know, dusty. And I'm saying there's, I don't like it. So then I yep. started saying, well, who the hell does this in this market that I could work with? And then I I stumbled across Steel Domain Wrestling, which used to be Saint Paul Championship Wrestling. Oh, I knew that. And uh, Ed Hellier, and I went to his website, and that thing looked like it hadn't been updated in about three and a half years. <laughs> and this is 2012. Sure. This is 12. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'll give this Ed guy a call and see what's going on. So I called. And he goes, Well, you know, I'm really trying to get out of it. And I, you know, I'm 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 just I only do certain things. It was a guaranteed show, too. I mean. You know, we cut a pretty good check uh, because we wanted talent, and uh, he's like, "You know, I can put together a good, good card for whatever number it was." And I'm like, "Yeah, we want more than that." And so then that's where he started bringing in Cabana, started bringing in Pierce. We brought in Hockey. Uh, that was it, the, the Hockey Talk man. That was great. Um, uh, yeah. He, he, I don't know if he even moved in the ring at the time because he was kind of later in the career, but it didn't matter. It was just it he didn't. was there.
0: Yep. Uh, so we hit did, someone. We, did, we did that
1: whole thing where we had um, uh, Dan Jesser, love the guy, he was part of it. The Baron Von Raschke put the claw on him in a promo, it was good. Um, and I just enjoyed the whole scene of watching people enjoy the event. And I've been in production, yeah. and we'll get into that a little bit later, but I've always been all about... Um, live streaming, I started in the Wild West in 06 when, you know, you could barely get the the video up through the work, right. let alone you at home getting it down. Like, so people were getting these high school hockey games where they'd be like, blip, and it would freeze. They go, this is the greatest. I'm like, is it really? You know, <laughs> like, okay, you're watching. But, you know, at that time, yeah. you, you had to do everything for free just because if you didn't, people would just bitch and they'd want their money back you know so then they then they could bitch all they want and i didn't care because then it would be like oh okay uh just fine so um i had this production background and um when i went to ed i'm like you know i'd like to film this thing and he goes i don't i haven't done much of that for a while but you know because he was doing just basic bookings you know yeah so we brought out my gear. I had some really good I had a tricaster at the time, which was like real heady stuff, you know, for production oh. and you know, all sorts. I had all multi cams and all the whole thing. And uh it went well. And um I said to Ed, you know, if you ever want to do stuff, I'd love to produce your video for you. I'd love I'd love to do some more of this. And you know, back when he had the the, the punk and the Austin Aries and everybody else that was coming through Steel the Main Wrestling a steel of course the namesake there um they they basically were doing it out of the west saint paul armory uh i was i was i had little kids and wasn't even bothering with it at the time but when i went back over the tape after we did this what i felt was kind of historic um sort of like resuscitating show uh, at the time yeah uh, dad said hey let's do it you know And, and i'm not saying that that we at Hopkins hockey or me, or Ed decided to do it. And he decided to say, I'll go back. Let's, let's go. And I'm looking at this video of of the talent that was there. I was like, Oh my God, this is like, this is the, the triple A of triple A, like who had, who had been through Steel the main and done the things they had done. So okay. it was at that point where he ended up, uh, uh, securing, um, the Richfield American Legion, on portland okay. avenue and we were there once a month it was oh, rusty you've been God. in a lot of facilities i'm sure and and like this was the perfect you know you could fit, fit about 250 225 250 standing that's great there was a bar on the end of the wall which was perfect so people were getting lit and the energy was really good it was yeah. like a frame building with a stage so we put like a ramp in there uh, i mean oh. And, yeah. and we, I think if I remember, we got the room for nothing. We didn't have to rent it because they were just – it was the food and beverage bill that was so large that was offsetting Ooh. it. Now, I think the people at the Legion weren't overly thrilled by that and felt like they were being taken, Yeah, but they were moving a lot of product. That's what I'll say. So yeah, came a really wow. nice surge off of that. So then the following year, we did a, a, a cage match at the Pavilion – I think our house was close to 950. It was a really, really good house. Oh. It crushed. And um, that was Ace Steel and uh, uh, Pierce. Okay. So good. I don't know where uh, Cole Cabana was, but those two tore it up. Like they were pillar to post all over the building. Uh, The beer gardens got crushed. It was great. Steel came out with this kid's youth hockey, hockey and sweater on, jersey. Nice. So just, just, you know, you'd say cheap heat, but quite the opposite. Total yeah. baby. It was beautiful. God, those guys really gave it up. It was so good. So that's then Mick and I were just kind of crushing along, and then that's when I decided. You know, Danny and I were saying, you know, we could do some things differently here. Why don't we try a promotion? So that's when we started our promotion and said, you know, uh, let's give it a go. So I did like nine shows um it didn't it, it didn't go great uh because I had a you know I have this streaming business and this other thing that I was working on and yeah. Nikita, Nikita Koloff um love the man uh met him as he was one of our superstar uh special appearance guys uh, uh our second show with MWE we we're having a lunch and uh, he said are you a promoter and I said, well, yeah, I, I promote wrestling. He goes, are you a promoter? And I said, uh, well, he." I, I said, what do you mean? He said, is it your life? Do you do everything for it to fill that building? Do you really, really, really care? And I'm like, no, I'm not. He goes, you're an unreal producer. You're, you're a video guy. You're a producer. That's what you are. Do what you do best. I'll tell you what, uh, I get a text from him every day. Uh, I'm on a little chain that has um, really inspirational, uh, spiritually driven um, messages that some are, you know, for goals and motivations, some are for your faith, some are, you know, they 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 all have different meanings, but there's one a day and you look forward to it. I mean, that's been going on since like 2017, 2018, you get these things. So the, he's incredibly dedicated, but he was incredibly truthful to me. And so then it was at that point where I just bowed out because he was right. And that was great advice from him. So that's yeah. that's my story into how like you weaved into mine, and I was trying to make it go. Uh, I, I think about it now often, where I think I think I could kind of go at it, but it's just such a it's such a different different business and different world. You, you you've got to yeah. really really put the time into it to make it work. You can't just throw a poster up and hope someone's going to show up ever.
0: Yeah. Well, so was that last show? The one with with um, with him with
1: uh, no that was my second. My where first, were, my first okay. one? Was at the Rock in St. Louis Park that featured Arn Anderson. Okay, he, he, he was there, and he put on a clinic to open up the. Uh, so there were a lot of guys from around the area that came and worked with him, and he was still, I believe, with the WWE at the time.
0: And so was Arn living up that way then? Or did no, he bring i believe
1: him- he was in greenville um oh, okay I, I don't know where he was uh so he came up he flew in the day of and flew out the day of just but you know he did his thing and uh he was great so um yeah i mean he it was awesome so uh that was a really nice start and then uh just thought we'd keep going with it so
0: yeah um yeah so then it must have been someone else that was oh, what was that place um, it was like an outdoor pavilion, and they brought him in. Probably, maybe, I don't know. Uh, early twenty twenty, maybe early late twenty nineteen, and I was it Nikita. Maybe, yeah, it was yeah. Nikita. Like I don't know, yeah, that, maybe, you know Rich? what? Maybe
1: that was. I think he did come to two of mine. Uh, yeah, you know, I think he did come to two. Now that I think about it, yeah, you were at the. That was coming toward the end for sure, and that was after we had the talk.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, great guy. He was really, really nice and easy to talk with. And that was
1: pretty cool. His his story is really remarkable. Uh, when he shares it, uh, it's really, I I won't share it here because it's his to tell, but, uh, just how he got into the business, how it all worked, how he got to Charlotte and uh, went from there and then that guy, he came out of nowhere, and this part I'll I'll share. He just skyrocketed, and I'm not so sure if the room was really thrilled about that. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, who's this guy? Um, but he had all of the things you needed him to do. It was, what was so interesting about him was if he was going to be Ivan Koloff's nephew, he's supposed to be a bad guy because he's Russian. Right. But he had such a friendly demeanor about him, and he was so big that you kind of liked him. And so then they quickly, they babied him like in two seconds. Um, just because i think of just how he was and how he portrayed
0: yeah and there's some people like that that it's just uh you notice it and uh okay this is you you can tell like oh this is like a really nice guy and i don't know how people are gonna are gonna hate him but i mean yeah as long as they notice and they're like okay this is something we gotta kind of gotta switch up but um
1: Yeah. Can I I give you the uh? Sorry. So I host podcasts and shows. So if it seems like I'm just talking nonstop, Rusty, I'm sorry.
0: I love it. Uh, That that means that means uh, I'm. You know, that means you're You're doing your job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If my guest is talking, I'm happy.
1: So so the the Danny Duggan thing, uh, Hot Shot Danny Duggan. My first exposure to him was that first Hopkins show. Uh, oh, Ed, okay. Yeah, we got this kid coming from, uh, well, it wasn't really a kid, but younger guy coming from uh, Winnipeg, and he's bringing a couple guys down. And he brought uh, A.J. LaRock, A.J. Sanchez LaRock with him, too. Uh, A.J. is incredible yeah. as well. Uh, Mentolo, those three, you know, the uh, they, they, one after the other after the other, he'd, he'd bring down, and it was awesome. But when he got there, he had the flu or something, and he was sick, and he was throwing up. And uh, we were like, "How's this gonna work?" Uh, that guy absolutely gave it up. Uh, went a solid twenty twenty five. Not feeling well at all. And uh, I think you know there was that, that was at the point where it's like, okay, this guy is a legit worker. Uh, doesn't matter what the situation was, he found a way. And uh, I think he's a you know I I don't know you know I I don't know if many people really talk about him, but I think he's one of the most. uh underrated performers. That's never really been anything more than maybe enhancement talent on some house shows or some AEW things here and there, you know, a security guard type thing. But you look at him and you go, man, that guy should be somewhere. Um, he's just that good.
0: Yeah. And he was getting brought everywhere. Um, I mean, yeah, I I'd see him in, uh, all along the West coast, um, Portland like, really
1: big there. Right.
0: Yeah, really big in Portland and he'd come and do shows up in Vancouver um pretty often and just I mean that's a drive. That's or a flight. Like I think it was getting flown into Portland. I'm not sure about um into uh Vancouver. I I, I don't know. And then I think he was doing those uh or at least one time did the um the the Northern Hell tour with um uh what's that guy's name why am i totally blanking on it the guy from winnipeg i can't think of his name but he do when uh he'd run these like i think it's like two weeks and just do these shows um up there
1: they maybe take a day off they do one a day and they go on these these tours um He was a big believer in that. Um, I think he felt like it was okay. Uh, th- we're just gonna we're gonna get some momentum on a tour, and we're just gonna go all through Western Canada and and, and hammer that out. And he and I had always threatened to do that in Minnesota, where we went up the ninety four uh, interstate corridor from the Twin Cities out and hit all the towns off the uh, the interstate there. Um, and we even talked about doing a couple one offs this year. We keep in touch quite a bit. Um, so we, you know, I, I may do a one-off just for fun, just, just because it's fun. But like, to me, why would I do a one-off if I wasn't going to do it for real? You know, I mean, to, 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 to really do it. So
0: where would you want to run it? If you did a one-off though,
1: uh, if I were to do a one-off perfect case scenario for me would be a place like, uh, Grand Rapids, Minnesota, uh, probably they've got this thing called Yanmar arena uh named after the tractors uh i I, uh it's 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 a great area it's in the iron range and there's a number of communities there it's underserved from this perspective and uh, i love the venue uh it reminds me of the hopkins pavilion where we did it there and i think we could get some energy so if i were to run a one-off it would be right there yadbar arena grand rapids
0: how far is that from the twin Cities? three hours north of the twin cities okay um yeah that'd be great up there uh, and then, plus with so many people, it, it was really cool there too with, um, you know, uh, people people like Mick or, you know, some of those other guys that were around there that were around in the AWA years, you know, hearing their stories. And um, I don't know if that's as much still... I don't know. I feel like it was one of the more territory or one of the territories where there's more um, people who are around back in the territory days who are still around and, you know, getting to come out every so often.
1: You know, it's interesting uh, regarding that. Um, I kind of think I know where you're going with it, but it, it sparked this thought. As far as the territories go, obviously, I grew up on those. And um, I used to get all the wrestling magazines and I used to enjoy seeing what was going on in the other ones and who was getting pushed and who wasn't. And, you know, all of that, you, you know, who was, who was, who was the heel, who wasn't, you know, and then when they come into ours now, what are they doing with them? You know, what's the, what, what, what's the, what's the gimmick there. So yeah. uh, I felt as though, um, since the AWA was weird because it was really hot in, uh, Twin Cities, where I am, Winnipeg, Chicago, and then of course it had Oakland, San Francisco area, and you know all the other areas that were a part of it. You know some crossover stuff with uh, Tommy Rich and those guys down in Tennessee, but mostly it was those three areas. And of it, it seemed like the hottest was the Twin Cities for some reason. Yeah. And if you take the NWA and its vastness and it was so weird because the NWA was almost like it's had these like sub regions. Okay, so you had Georgia Championship that did their thing, and then you had Florida that did their thing. And you know, it was just sort of like they were their own brands within the brand. Whereas with the AWA it was just the AWA, and it's really odd because you think about when it was the WWF, they were super regional. Like I mean, the furthest west they would go would maybe be Toronto, Detroit maybe um and yeah. then everything is pretty much northeast so they had this like where, where the population density was but their territory wasn't like massively large and then you had the whole like uh texas uh by the way have you seen the movie
0: uh i have not um i'm i'm waiting for it to uh
1: oh you're going cheapo you don't want you don't want the theater experience you're that guy yep
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. i, I, I okay. almost did it was uh it was playing and it's not playing anymore. I was gonna go actually, uh, but yeah, no, I'm just gonna go the cheapo route. And uh, how'd you like it?
1: I haven't seen it, my buddy saw oh, it. Okay, and, uh, well, when we get into what I do, um, too busy to, to, to carve out the time to go, but I'm waiting for the old Netflix angle too, or wherever it may pop up. I'm sure it'll get out there in distribution pretty quick. So, but I heard it was excellent and what 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 stood out to him was how good the wrestling was cuz they used wrestlers oh yeah yeah and so uh i don't know who did mjf played you know
0: i think he played one of the brothers i'm not sure what yeah. brother it was um so that means he probably died in the movie oh that's an interesting thing i I don't know. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well, so so
1: back on my yeah, territory I don't want to I don't want to spoil. So, yeah. Yeah. Any, yeah. So but, so back on the territorial thing, um it just seemed as though the legacy of the AWA carries on I say carries not carried on longer than any of the others. Um more because it was more local. It was more ours. It wasn't TBS's. When it, you know, when it all got to there, it wasn't the sportatorium on ESPN. Um, it was through the 70s and like to 84. It was uniquely, well, even before then, but it was, you know, 60, 50, 60 It was uniquely ours. And people really related to the various uh, people. Nick Bachwinkle was incredibly, uh, and Mick Karch, uh, so fond of him um, as a good friend back in the day. Uh, god rest his soul of course he was um very engaged in the community uh in life insurance sales and and some financial stuff and he was very very good at it um and, and, and so very likable so he had a, he had a huge client base you know i don't think he struggled uh yeah. but you were i think it was you worked for the new england was who he worked for at the time um but Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely a thing where the connectivity to it here is very real. And the people that are still around to talk about it, because Mick Karch has an AWA, uh, page on Facebook, which it's, I think it's AWA fans unleashed or something like that. He does a podcast with uh, a couple of guys, um, uh, that used to do, uh, production. Polish Joe, of course, you probably heard his name. Great guy. They're yeah, part yeah. of the a, a podcast where they they kind of rehash it, and I don't think anybody really gets sick of the old stories, you know. Uh, so I,
0: yeah, I'll have to definitely check that out. That's cool. I uh, I think maybe I saw something then, just you know, a lot. Yeah, it happened and forgot.
1: Well, you should check it out because if you just like to like look at, you know, like the, the or or Mick Carsh will do these twenty four hour polls. You know, he'll he'll oh, he'll, okay. he'll, he'll put. He'll put two names. He'd do, um, he'd do uh, Ken Patera or Mr. Saito, and you'd have to pick and 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 just pick. No comments. Of course, people have to go full commentary. It's like shut up. He just wants right. to pick, you know. So, get your own damn show. Yeah. Um, so, Great engagement. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm battling a cold here. I hope I hit the mute button on you there because that was a left that cough would have blown your ears out, man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's been the, 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 the vibe there. Um, and, and the, the AWA still has its remnants of uh, fossils such as myself in their mid fifties and older that still dig it. And, um, you know, it, it's cool. And, you know, as far as legacies go, I think it's important to realize like how important those territories were to what we have today. I mean, I mean, there's no such thing as a territory anymore, at least on the larger scale. But when you get down to indies, and there's plenty of it, it's all territory, isn't it?
0: Right. Yeah. Totally. Still t- territory. And um, yeah, I mean, it's weird uh, now. You know, going to different places, going, you know, place in the west, and then you know going out to Minnesota. I got the Minnesota, but then that's kind of yeah, you know, like with the the Winnipeg territory coming through um, and then, yeah, went out to to Utah and then had that territory down there with like the Arizona and Nevada and then went out to Connecticut.
1: Do you find, do you find as though when you went from all those territories from territory to territory where these uh, shows were going, were things done differently or was it all the same? what was your take on that
0: same thing, same thing everywhere. And it's, it's odd, just different, different people, but then it's kind of, I, I, it feels the same, You, you know, you're like, you're saying, you go into the same sort of, uh, you know, I I've probably been in every single kind of fraternal organization. There is, um, in more places than I'd like to count. Um, or that there's, or, you know, gyms or, you know, what whatever the places they're doing it, but I feels I felt the same. I've had a few where I've, you know, I'll do a show or two and then switch it up and, um, you know, cause yeah, it kind of varies different places, you know, where, where best to fit in, but um, yeah, I just,
1: can you explain um so obviously i'm sure a lot of people have seen uh uh wrestlers the uh uh al still series on uh, yeah on netflix terrific you know i i think anybody that's been in and around it i mean his was a little bit better with uh ovw um because it uh that was a little larger scale i'd say you know you know maybe being a developmental territory at, in the beginning and you know there's just there's a little more to it than your average average show let's say but uh when you know what everybody's getting paid and the prices they pay to get paid what is it about guys that get into professional guys and women that get into professional wrestling and they all uh pay a heck of a price tell me about that love and why they do it
0: I mean, I've heard people say that uh, if, you know, you go golfing, you got to, you have to pay whatever, a hundred bucks to go golfing and you do that every weekend with wrestling. It's, you're not, you know, maybe you're making a, you know, a few hot dogs and uh, maybe a handshake or two, uh, maybe a little more, but. For the most part, yeah, it's not gonna be. You're getting to do it for free, but you know you're paying yeah, so for it. With... You're
1: getting a few bucks for what you do. If you can merch it up, uh, you can make right. it do really well. If if you've got a great personality and um, but you're doing something that you love, and there is a check for it, you're just not getting wealthy on it. So uh, I've always wondered. You know, I, I've marvelled at it because the dedication and the passion to the business. With everybody involved, and I don't think people that do this, uh, especially in the indie scene, are—they're not delusional to where they right. think I'm going to make it someday. I, I think they think, you know what, I'm going to make it where I'm at, and then you just kind of go from there, and it's really incremental. And I think it's really cool to be honest with you. Um, and and if you're an entrepreneur like I am, it is really uh, cool to see that people are able to have a passion and and put the checkbook aside and go deliver on it every time, whether they're feeling great or not feeling great. And I think that's the greatest part about the business that goes untold.
0: Yeah. And there's, like you're saying with merch and stuff too, I have a buddy who was just on a week or two ago who does, makes merch for anything you can think of. And just, uh, I love it. I love the DIY and the, you know, entrepreneur spirit of professional wrestling uh, to just bring along a bag print uh whatever on whatever throw it in your bag throw it out on the merch table and you know make a few bucks uh make some people happy and it's a it's a cool thing i really enjoy getting to see how people are getting creative with that too and uh all the new things they can sell
1: were you at our show with jimmy jacobs
0: I don't believe so.
1: Okay. So he comes rolling and by the way he was invaluable. Um he 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 was so good as far as what are we doing here? What are we accomplishing? What 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 are we what's the flow of of each match? How are they coming together? He and Danny were really incredible. I just was a little bit of a fly on the wall just going wow. They're booking this thing incredible. But he comes walking in, you know, with the, you know how you have your uh luggage on the wheels.
0: Yep, the, the stripper bag.
1: As I call it. <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs> he comes in with a stripper bag and uh he uncorks this merch thing and um he finishes up, he closes his bag, he goes, I sold everything I got. This has been a great night, you know. And so I'm like, God, I paid him a lot to come in. So I mean he he turned that into a huge night. Um just because his merch was awesome and he did it right. And what well, doesn't hurt that you have some name recognition too. But that's when it it really it clicked with me. Like, ah, okay, each individual uh, performer, each each individual person, is their own brand, and they wrap their brand in the ring, and then they wrap it out of the ring, and then they wrap it to the public. And the bet the ones that do it really well do really well.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I love seeing it, and it's great having friends uh who will who are great at designing and then uh but then that's keeping them busy then too with a lot of the wrestlers so like the ones who are really good at graphic design just going oh man that's such a cool shirt you have going uh get or me one backdrop
1: in your case look at that thing or, uh, yeah uh,
0: thanks <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's uh it's really cool it's cool getting um and it it's a lot of creative people. I mean, a lot of creative people put together in one spot, and uh, you know, also with on the production side, there's a lot, a lot of different levels of production in a in a show, and good production is something that is. I can really be overlooked. Sometimes I don't know um, if it's, but I don't know. I mean, they can put things on a whole different level. Like you can have wrestling. That's not great, but have great production and that can make a product worthwhile. percent.
1: hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you, you bring up a really good point. There's a guy, Eric Nordum that I worked with, with a uh, heavy on wrestling crew up in uh, Duluth. He always demanded uh, that the productions go a little bit further and have a little bit more. Um, you know, Because a lot of times you're just doing it to get it done and, you know, getting it up and out there. Yeah. But he always had a little bit of a higher uh, ceiling that he was looking to get to or bar, if you will. And, um, you know the product definitely reflected that and it looked much more pro and i think a lot of it just depends upon what kind of where where what kind of budget do you want to use because what what people don't really understand is that production isn't free you know someone's either got to run the camera or in my case uh purchase the automated camera install it on the wall and either way it's money so you got to pay right. the person to run it you got to have the camera that you're going to run or that's automated whatever you're doing uh, then you have to have the art and uh, talented people to put together the graphical pictures that you're storytelling. Then you got to have the talent on the mic. Uh, then you got to have a director that's switching cameras and communicating effectively. And, and if you're really going to do it, you're getting into a five, eight, 10, 12 person crew. That starts costing more than what you're paying, almost is equal to what you're paying the talent in the ring.
0: Absolutely.
1: So then you go, okay, well, these are two things going on here. And, you know, we obviously want the in-ring product to be the best it can be. So if you're going to be cutting anything, you're going to start cutting down the production. And then it's a chicken or egg, in my opinion, because the better the production, the better. Let's talk about that for a second. Which production do you prefer better, WWE or AEW, to view? I have an answer I want to hear. yours.
0: Well... I I would pick because I don't I don't like uh, the 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 impact moving of the camera, and that was the only reason that would be the reason why I would pick AEW over WWE. But I mean, otherwise, just like full production, I I'd probably go the other way. But I just that camera, I I, I like the setup of the AEW one. It seems very old, like what's in in my head, how I want to see wrestling. Right, Uh, I agree. So
1: it's a real, um, to the naked eye, I think it's a real subtle thing, but I think it's realistic because when you watch a WWE production, it is literally calculated from point A to point Z at the end of the night. Every shot, every reaction, it's so, uh, I would almost say canned, And and pre-produced, it feels like it's almost um, so forced in a weird way. It feels unnatural to the viewer.
0: Cinematic,
1: cinematic, correct, and just like it's it's just it feels that way. You go to an AEW deal. It's not that it's on the fly. Got a cough. Okay. It's not. It's not that it's on the fly. But it certainly feels as though there's some um, human element and creativity to the productions, I think. And yeah. uh, it plays to what you said, where um, th- th- there's some more like dramatic moments that are more authentically captured from what I feel. And yeah. so I-, I felt all along from the early going, like, ooh, this is, this is what I'm looking for. And for me as a, as a viewer, it becomes so much more watchable and, and I, it's probably i don't know maybe the cost is a little bit cheaper for AEW it's not as it's not as programmed enforced as it is with the WWE from what i could tell
0: yeah and i i'd agree with you there and it's i mean just for how many years you've been watching wrestling like it's it's weird to have this i mean maybe if you're just coming on and start watching wrestling in the last 5 10 years and that's what you're you're used to the the whole different scape of how everything's gonna look then it might be appealing but i, I mean it, it makes my head hurt when i'm watching it and i can't watch it for too long um I
1: see there uh i agree 100 yeah it's,
0: it's hard It yeah um
1: it shouldn't be you know it, it should feel you, you shouldn't have to work at viewing something uh right. but with all of that said and you know everything we're saying what do we know because Things the stock is always worth tons, and they kill the numbers. And there's a huge group of society that loves the production and what they're getting, and that's awesome. Uh, it's just not. It's just not specifically for me.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, now, like, even because uh, yeah, WrestleMania is going to be in, in Philadelphia here in a few months, and uh, I was like debating about going. Then like, I don't. I don't really want to want to go that mama. do
1: you do you prefer this is one do you prefer survivor series over uh mania
0: i prefer royal rumble over both
1: okay i actually that's what I, I wanted to refer to my mistake okay. yeah i do you prefer yeah. the rumble over over mania
0: i don't like knowing any of the entrance or what they're um who's gonna be there i wish that part wasn't like when, you know, even like a number one maybe I'm number one number thirty, but like I, I like the surprise of each one. I don't wanna know oh no. here's so and so coming in and
1: No, um, no, no. That that ruins the fun. Yeah. Doesn't it?
0: But yeah, I think so. And I mean yeah, but uh I don't know. Yeah, it's amazing guy, they, when
1: you when you think about it though, think about the very first WrestleMania that came out was like one among every, there's some other stadium rock and wrestling things. And, you know, we had the uh, Ric Flair, Carrie uh, Von Eric thing in Texas stadium with a helicopter through the, through the uh, yeah. putting there, you know, like yeah. that stuff was kind of happening, you know, and then this was sort of felt as though on the WrestleMania one, uh, that it was, it was really their attempt to say, okay, we're going to start taking this a little bit deeper. I I don't know if anybody would say from that one event it would become almost a Super Bowl of professional wrestling like it does. That creates so much interest and so much uh, discussion on a on a pop pop cultural basis. Who would have thought all these years later that that would be true?
0: Yeah, or the fact that you can have uh, a whole week leading up to it full of a bunch of other people piggybacking on the event to have their own events. And like, I heard someone say that they, I forgot what year it was, but like uh, that they ran like the same day as WrestleMania and still drew uh, a bunch just because like, I don't know. I didn't think it could be done. Like if you're going against WrestleMania in the same town where WrestleMania is happening, probably a few blocks away,
1: it's the old going. gas station theory, you know, right? I mean, everybody wants to have the gas station on the same corner because that's where they're coming to get the gas. So they're going to your store or our store. If that store is full, you're going to come to ours. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's, that's probably what it is. You know, you go where the fans, you go where the gas buyers are. Oh, what do we have there?
0: Yeah, uh, that, that's Leon.
1: Leon. Leon. What's up, Leon. buddy?
0: Yeah. Look at Leon. There he is. Love it. Yeah. So how do you, how do you
1: come up with the name Leon for your cat? What was that, What's that all about?
0: Oh geez. Okay. So um so when I was living in Salt Lake City, it was Well, I have another cat named Shithead. So that might tell you tell you something. Um
1: Where's Shithead? Get get Shithead on the set.
0: Uh yeah, where is Shithead? Shitty. He's uh he's probably taking a little nap like or something. Named Shitty. Yep, all shitty. Uh and so if kids are around. <laughs> Like oh trying to yell "shithead" or "shitty" out there. Or kids ask, "What's the cat's name?" We uh, had to start saying the cat's name is Shed, because it sounds like "shithead." Shit shed, shed, like shed, and uh, but so so Leon, we um, let's see, it was yeah, we were in Salt Lake City, and it was uh, they were running a deal at the at the pound for 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 black history month all the black animals were free so seriously seriously um i don't know so awesome so So you pick up leon yeah picked up leon i was really into um
1: was leon named at the point
0: yeah, he was named Oh, so you uh,
1: you, you inherited the name Leon.
0: I know. I changed it.
1: His oh, okay, name okay. Was,
0: his name was Jack. He had a sister there and it was Jack and Jill, but I changed his name nice. to Leon. I was into uh Curb Your enthusiasm and there is Oh uh, yeah. Right.
1: There's
0: a character Leon Leon <laughs> yeah. in the show and so that was what he was named after. So, um, Got
1: it. Okay, well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah,
0: so that was uh it, it was a nice nice thing to get. Um it, you know, one of the, yeah, Salt Lake City was an interesting place, but I'm happy that uh, I got Lee on there. But um, By the way,
1: just an interesting piece on Salt Lake City that I noticed: the uh, owners of the uh, Jazz have uh, sent a letter to the National Hockey League, wanting to uh, get an expansion. Uh, it literally go through the expansion franchise steps. I, ooh and uh the nhl didn't say no and uh i mean they didn't say yes either but that process is ongoing and um so you know they've obviously got um uh, they've got uh the jazz uh they want to get the hockey team and i think they've got a few other things going on there they're really trying to turn that into a vegas east a little bit from a sports perspective so i thought you'd appreciate that with your roots there
0: yeah they're trying to uh Get the uh, the Oakland A's baseball team, too, uh, is what I heard just uh, a day or two ago. Um, what happened
1: with Vegas? I, did I miss that that one didn't oh, happen?
0: Yeah, May, Vegas might still be getting it, um, but I, I heard that Salt Lake was still interested in it, too, so I don't know if it was wow. for certain or not. But, um, yeah, they had a hockey team there. Um, Eagles. And, is that what they were? Uh, no, in Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah, what, were they, what was their nickname? Um, AHL. They were a top uh, NHL minor league group. Um oh, the- I saw
0: the Grizzlies.
1: Utah Grizz, okay. The Grizz, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Grizzlies, yeah, that's right. Um, so anyway, so from, from that perspective, uh, nice to see that that community is um, – Becoming a a big league market, which is awesome, and it, it takes one. If you do well with it, uh, I think you can prove yourselves to the other sports uh, groups to, to to try to bring in more. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, from the perspective of like, where did things go with me in terms of after my discussion with uh, um, Nikita Koloff? It, it wasn't, it, you know, I was already doing this, and he brought this up. Uh, I had been streaming hockey since 2006 here in Minnesota. And uh, I had done a bunch of iterations. I started a a website called mnhockeyhub.com, which is for high school, which was eventually – it was purchased um, from the Star Tribune from the group that owned the URL that really created it, but I was the the founder, the mind behind it. And then I did a thing called myfoxhockey.com with the uh, local uh, Channel 9 Fox affiliate where we would stream those games that nobody could get and nobody could see and we couldn't get up, but everybody seemed to love it anyway. I did that for like five years from 06 to 11. And then I decided to really focus in on the live streaming scenario and start turning it pay-per-view from free because free doesn't make you money. And, you know, unless you're doing hundreds of millions of views, you're not going to make any ad dollars on impressions. So don't kid yourself. I think you know what I'm talking about. Right. So uh pay-per-view to me was the way to go, and so it was a slow uh, growth into that. But one of the things that I would do is I would go to these local teams in our area and say, hey, we'll put some play-by-play services uh, on this for your team for X. We'll provide you marketing services. We'll create your media guides. High school hockey in Minnesota is weird. Like, I can't even explain it. It's like a pro game, man. It's like there are 3,000 people at a game I did just last Thursday. Um, on a Thursday, house. yeah, The packed house. He died him in at number uh, uh, oh, one wow. versus number three. Incredible game. Um, the place was popping. It was awesome. So there's media guides, senior banners. They do these big banners for the seniors. I don't know. It's funny these kids now that they're seniors. It's like it's like they're they're like princes. And it's like, well, what the hell happened? That, it, it, everybody graduates, basically. you got to be completely not trying to not graduate. So why are they so special? Like, you did it, I did it. Oh, we're going to make a better. Okay, so uh, we do, and, and, and we make money off that too as well. But um, I was at a game uh, in 2015. I'll never forget it. There are these two dudes there with headsets like what you and I have on. Uh, hey, what radio station are you with? Because I started in radio in 89. Oh, okay. That like, uh, small town, KLGR, uh, Super Country, fourteen ninety, Redwood Falls, Minnesota, a one to three board shift, sports director, uh, just unreal. What what an experience that was. Racing through the uh the the small two lane highways to each town to do a a, a basketball or football game is incredible. Anyway, um, they go we're not, um, and they pointed the ceiling and there was a camera up there and it ran itself. Oh. I got two cameras, three cameras with me. I'm paying each one of them 75 bucks to run those cameras. You know, I've got their four, thirty five hundred $3,500 cameras. So, you know, start running the math. I got a director I'm paying 100 bucks to. I got a color commentator that's getting 50 bucks. Uh, You know, I, I mean, I'm out the door for 500 bucks just to make that game happen. And I'm like, how much is that camera? And they're like, I don't know, $4,000. bucks. i am like, God, I'd have that paid for in like three games. So yeah. uh, I I literally step back Rusty and I'm like okay um this this has to change like uh, if if I want to scale so I had like six teams I was doing this for and my income was limited because I only had so many production crews and teams and I could only make so much money I had I had a definite ceiling on what I could earn Yeah so I'm like okay uh, I got to get into this game I got a hold of this company called Pixelot out of Tel Aviv and a really impressive group. They had automated cameras. That's what that camera was. But um, I couldn't really strike the deals I needed to uh, because they had already uh, hooked up with this company called Game on Sports, which is the National Federation of High Schools. So I couldn't really – the only cameras they would give me uh, with licensing and the camera itself was $30,000 per camera. So, we put three of those into one building at 90 grand. The Plymouth Ice Center in Plymouth, Minnesota. That was our second building. Ah, uh, that wasn't going to sustain. So, then we went to this company called Key Motion, and then we went to uh, this company called Spideo out of Sweden. Amazing. The founder of Spideo was one of the co founders of something called Bluetooth. Okay. The, the president of their board of governors is the president of Google Europe. Um, they're sourced, they've got dough, uh, they've got vision, uh, they've got all of it. So, uh they've put together an incredible tool, which is 4k video. It, it looks like real TV. It tracks the puck automatically. We have broadcast tools that we link into. I can do it from home. I can do it from the building. So we'll do all of the Michigan youth state tournaments, 400 games from home. I've got a battery of announcers that I've, uh, got under working with us. And uh, we just assign the games, and pop they just do them from home. They pay us, we do it, and then uh, we also do the pay-per-view. So you're you're not just making money off the pay-per-view, you're making money off the announcer services, because when we're doing the announcer services, the Michigan Amateur Hockey or Minnesota Amateur Hockey can sell ads to the games, as can we, but they can make money off the ads, and then we do a rev share with them. So it's erupted into yeah. we had like 290 some cameras, uh, out throughout Minnesota, Michigan, got a couple in Missouri, um, have some in Boston, not many, um, couple in Tampa, um, you know, been kind of slow to move those markets. And then our, uh, our company was just purchased by our largest competitor who we were like bloody. We, it was, we were bludgeoning each other, bloodying each other. I mean, this is like awesome. So we get together. And uh our our majority owners said we've been sold and like everybody else was kind of bummed out. And I'm like jumping for joy because this group had just raised a hundred million dollars uh to grow the brand. And I'm like, you know, and, and we were like grinding and gnashing teeth over like uh uh buying these cheaters. Like, I mean, come on, you know. So um I, I was jumping for joy and uh it's been a month. And it's been great. So that's what I've been doing. That's what Nikita said I did best. I'm not saying Nikita was my, I'm not a robot and he told me what to do. No, but, uh, but sometimes it takes a friend to maybe make you like do this and see the truth. And, uh, I definitely did. And it was awesome. And it's been awesome. So,
0: so that's what's uh, going on here. So with the, um, each person doing their own commentary at home is that, is it audio only or is it um, is everyone having a camera, too, that I can kind of cut to and then do you have to have oh. a director of some sort?
1: No, no. So what you do is so we'll have a camera in the in the on the wall or, you know, fixated. Yeah, I'll pull a uh, game a team a versus team B. I'll pull it up. I'll go into what's called cloud studio. And um, I have a, a suite of broadcast tools uh within there um if i'm doing it remotely i i get to see the screen real time uh of what's going on um i can manipulate the screen i can zoom in i can zoom out so if there's a kid down in that corner i can't quite see the number i yeah. can i can just zoom it in with my fingers pinch it in or the mouse good to go but you the viewer don't experience that oh, okay uh oh. i can i can have video overlays i can run logo uh, ad bugs i can run scoreboard uh ad bugs there's even a thing they have called um storyboard where i will take a certain number of games kind of key games and i can a- assign them um a process of graphics a locator that says team a versus team b from this venue on this date you know look look sharp pops yeah. up pops down um starting lineups boom starting lineups boom uh if a player scores a goal uh it'll come in and sit there for a second, and it'll come out. Um, I mean, just the 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 oh. power of the tools. And then if I then I can run video commercials uh, before, during, or after the game. So I may do a, a pregame video. I did this the other day with a couple of coaches. Let's check in with the Indiana coach, Kurt Giles. Boom, we play that. Let's check in with Coach uh, Pat O'Leary. Boom, do that. One person does it. Um, the cameras pay for themselves within about two to three months, honestly. And uh, it's uh, it's a blast because I went to a broadcast school, which was here in the Twin Cities called Brown College, Brown Institute for Broadcasting at the time. It's no longer. And all of the instructors in the radio, TV broadcast realm were people who worked in the industry. So uh, I go, that's Kevin Cutter. Oh, my God. That's Dennis Dolhan- Oh, my God. Look at that. You know, and, and you just Roy Finden, you know, um and so when they opened their mouths it had value and it meant something and you would be like oh uh this is how it does they, they you know so like if you came to school one minute late at eight o'clock because the show started at eight in radio studio one two three or four you were fired and you got a zero for the day and you had to sit in the corner and like you know write stories and do just shit work yeah so I was never late. You know, there's still dudes that were late. I'm like, what are you doing? Like how could you be late? Like I'd be fifteen, thirty minutes early because I you know, but they also would say, You're gonna make it because I loved it and I wanted it, and that's what I did, and I treated it like a job. Um so for me, uh I've got a lot of young this is interesting in my stable of twenty-seven announcers. Whoa. I would say uh two thirds of them are young. Um they're cool. just in the college. And we have, like, these specific discussions. Like, you know, I usually sit him down. We usually at a bar after some games or whatever. And I'll go, so, Matt, uh, I know what his goal is. What's your goal? He goes, "Uh, San Jose Sharks, play-by-play. I go, hmm, really? Sharks? I go, that's very specific. He said, yeah. I go, okay. Uh, How many of those jobs are there? He'll say, "Uh, one. I said, okay. And what on God's green earth makes you think that you're the one? why is it you? Because, because you just dreaming it and you want it and you want it and you want it or what's just be real. Like, how are you going to get that job? He didn't have an answer. I said, okay, the reality is, is you could get that job, but the reality is is you probably won't Uh, because either you need to know somebody or you need to be connected somewhere within the organization, you know? So, I had the same dreams. I wanted to be the Minnesota North star than the Dallas stars play by play guy. And the reality is the guy that got the Dallas job. I'm convinced I'm better than I know I am. We worked at the same place here in the twin cities, but he, his dad was close to the owner at the time, Norm green. I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. I'm just opining and I'm not bitching. I'm just saying, that's just how it works, you know? And so, so then you go, okay, but what do I really like to announce? Clearly, as I'm talking nonstop on this podcast, I think it's yes, Um, but I like to tell stories, too, and uh, that's what play-by-play is, and so I'm like, okay, does it matter if it says high school, college, minor, or NHL, or Major League Baseball, or A? do you care? Uh, No, do you want to call games? Do you really want to just call games because you enjoy it? Yes, Okay. You've got every possible game in high school in Minnesota right here where you're at right now, and you can make a living doing it. You can. You'll make more of a living doing this than if you're chasing an East Coast Hockey League uh, around or a, a, a SPHL-type team around or an NHL team around the country in a bus hating your life. Yep. So why wouldn't you – yeah. Why wouldn't you do that when you have options? And if you do this, well, I guarantee you, you're in the 14th largest market in the country. You now have given yourself an opportunity to be seen and to see. So why wouldn't you do that? Um And then they all agree. And then there's a whole, and so it's been good. You know I mean? Like I, 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 I bludgeon them. I say, you know, if you want to go, don't just go and you can come back because I wish you all the best. If you do it, I'll bow down. It's awesome. I'm happy for you. Um, then uh then there's another group of of dudes that are like the other third are like my age yeah. or older. Their kids are all out, they're in college, and they're like, you know, I want to earn an extra ten to fifteen grand a year doing this. And they do. And they're like, this is pretty awesome. And they've all either worked in radio like I did, but you get paid like a nickel in the business. Because everybody wants to do it uh, unless you're, like, the one main person. And uh, they're like, uh, this is awesome because I can live through what I really, truly like to do. My A job pays the bills. That's great. But this is way better. So I've got this, like, really cool group of veterans and young uh, and growing talent that has been really, really fun to work with 100%. So that's the beauty of it
0: how are you setting them up together are or is it like one person per game
1: single it- yeah it's single player uh single guys per game uh because it's how it's budgeted we we cool. we charge the teams 200 bucks a game uh to me 225 i i charge uh, i i pay each guy 90 bucks that's to awesome. do one game yeah i mean it's like 2 hours you know they, they a lot of guys get deep into this uh this game prep shit and, and yep. you know Uh, I I take the sheet of paper. I go, you know what this is? This is nice, but it's a crutch. And I fling it. I said, I said, the reality is, is you got to tell the story of what's going on the ice. That's that's what's going on. Now you need to know what their record is, what their power play, penalty killers. You can write that down on a sheet of paper, and you got it all right there. And I think it's great that they spend that time. But I think a lot of guys in in pro sports, and we got a guy that does. NHL hockey here is just a noise the hell out of you. Like we're happy that you did all of this research and data, but I don't give a damn about the numbers. Tell me about the game, you know, like, and you almost feel like sometimes announcers are trying to shove in these numbers that they research just because they've got to cross them off their sheet because they did the work for the research, but nobody gives a damn. Nobody right. cares.
0: And you could probably, if you wanted to get those numbers too. just chat gpt them as well and have those as a
1: as a viewer you can look them up
0: right and yeah i mean what's it really gonna do uh and how is that gonna push the game forward with what the
1: tell me what is happening on the playing surface in the wrestling ring uh all of that just tell me oh by the way when i would do color with mick yeah uh, with Steel the main he booked and he knew everything, right? I didn't want to know anything. Yeah, I didn't want to know Jim Ross. Uh... Yeah, I I didn't want I didn't want to know any of it. And uh, when it would happen, I was authentic surprise, and and I would love it. And uh, it would put me into the moment a lot better than you know if I knew. Now it's okay because you can still foreshadow because you knew what was going on with these two guys because you've been yeah. they've been going for six months, you know. Cause we go once a month. So this is their, probably the last match of their feud, so to speak. So.
0: Yeah. And, um,
1: look how you like circle that all back into wrestling.
0: I I love it. Uh, and so is that something, I mean, would that ever be able to be something that could work with wrestling or would that be too?
1: Oh, I'd love for it to. Well, so we'll start from the basics from amateur wrestling uh, absolutely yeah. we can get it done there Ooh. um uh we so it's just a fixed camera on the mat and it's a really good look um yeah that works so um when we get to the level of these cameras where we can do uh we'll be able to switch multi-cams within the cloud so like i said everything we do is not connected to any cameras at all i walk in my son says this best he goes you know i'm so uh, he says this. I'm so proud of my dad. You know, he started this with a vision in 2006, and uh, he used to go to um, all of these uh, hockey rinks, and he'd have cases and tons of cases and cameras and cords and tape. And, you know, we, we'd we get there like at, at 435 for a 7 o'clock game, get get out of there at 10, and uh, he would d- d- pack it up and do it all over again. Now I walk in with a backpack with this headset and this little – vocaster thing i use and i just sit down in the press box area and it's it's sleek and smooth so when you're able to have the ability to put multi-cams in a venue so like let's say i did the thing at nyanmar arena for wrestling uh-huh. and let's say i decided that i wanted that to be my uh home base i could set up multi-angles there and switch it virtually in the cro- in the cloud and not have one camera
0: guy Oh, uh, and so then, these are attached to different walls, you said?
1: Walls, ceiling girders. Uh, we have a thing called the Portable Smart Cam where you can pop it up. If anybody's kind of curious to what we're talking about, just for, you know, what is this? It's, the, the company's called Spideo. I'm not trying to sell anything, but just kind of research, see what we're talking about. It's spideo.com, S P I I D as in dog E O sports video is kind of how they they came with the term and then they have multiple things like so they got a replay tool for uh, pro sports and uh j- junior hockey uh they got a coaching tool they've got the broadcast tool and then they've got the the viewer the viewer product as well it's super cool super cool
0: and so then it makes it so Did do this for um like during practice or anything, do they ever do that where they um, are able to get, you know, just have something and then be able to show everyone.
1: True true story. Uh, Sean Goldsworthy, uh, Minnetonka High School. Uh, I was there just covering a practice for an interview and uh, it was a day. So they played Thursday. The Friday days are kind of more casual uh, because they play Saturday again. And they were going through, uh, some sort of power player or penalty kill coverage in their end. He didn't like what he saw in their recording the practice. So he called everybody over to the bench area and he pulled out his iPad and he showed them the three in a row that they did bad. And he goes, Ooh. here, here, and he was giving him visual feedback and they goes, okay, you got to go here. You got to go. This is, this is where you're missing the boat. So uh, then he goes, let's go boys. They go back out. They did another four or five, perfect. He goes, come on over. And then uh, he pulled them over. He goes, now here was the bad one. And here's the good one. And you can see these guys just like going, ah, you know, they could, you know, if, if we would have had that as kids, that visual reinforcement to be able to see, because we spatially when we're playing sports, we think we're there in the spot we're supposed to, we think because it's moving, we're not. And then when you can really see where it is, and then when you can see you made the adjustment, then that locks it in. And I can say that the play here, um, the majority of the teams on the West Metro are using our coaching tools. Their structure and their play has improved dramatically. And uh, the top six teams in the top 10 are all from the same, and they all use the tool. I'm not saying the tool makes them better, but it certainly doesn't hurt. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those that get it and those that are uh creative know to absolutely use it in the practice and it's smart. For basketball, they do a lot more of that because a lot more of it's running plays yeah. and things like that. Um it's funny because hockey isn't much different in that you you grab a you grab a rebound in basketball and you gotta outlet it. Either you're gonna you're gonna stretch it and you're gonna zing it down the court for a fast break or in hockey you're going to run a stretch pass to stretch the ice and get up at the play or you're going to you're going to slow it down and possess it and under control either way when in hockey when you enter the blue line you have a, a, an entry we call it you have to enter with some sort of a clue as a group it's not health or scalp. they're just like here we go Same thing when you get into a half court offense, you got to have a clue as to what you're quote setting up. The only difference with hockey is, is you can't really set it up. You can try to do things that you want to do as a group and they may take it away, which is different. Um, and it may be that way in basketball. I'm not as versed, but um, I think that that's the similarities are so much so in the sports. It's just the way you score is a little bit different. Um, but it's all the same. And so these tools are used universally really well in each sport.
0: Yeah. And I mean, one, just footwork in any of those, just like the slightest thing that can really just change every bit of that right there. And um,
1: how about and this, uh, that, that Edina high school team I was talking about, uh, my alma mater, by the way, uh, they're okay. playing against a two versus three. Wyzetta outshot him 18-2 in the first period. And uh, Edina, the Hornets could not win a, puck battle on the boards or anything. And I was talking to the coach afterwards. I said, you know, from upstairs when I could see what was really fascinating is there were just a couple subtle little things to your point, Rusty, that, um maybe it was a shoulder maybe they got a shoulder inside on a guy and that allowed a puck to to chip to a space where a guy was that he could take it and then they had a chance and then suddenly they had more ice and then that started getting reinforced and they did it more and more and more and they took over the second period they took over the third and then they won four to one if you would have said they would have oh. won four to one it was zero zero after one their goalie was great but the point was as you look at the video and you say you're getting destroyed on your board battles uh, that game I told you about earlier when they were playing the number one team, they were winning their board battle. So you just go back and look at it and say, here, here you are today, here you are today. And cause they can get them live in a game. And here you were against Taka get back. And then they go back out and they did it. Like, I think that just, you know, cause sometimes people freak out about technology, right? That's like, Oh, ugh. you know, Oh, they're so robotic. Uh, but um, I think the, the proper use of technology if it's done responsibly can make things so much better and so much more efficient. And this is a great example of it. Super cool. And it's great to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Cause I, this it seems like it should have been like, I don't know. I don't know if who could have thought that up, uh, years ago. And I mean, uh,
1: well, on the on the uh, coach tool for Speedio, I'll tell you this. Uh, I believe it was uh, the, the Bluetooth guy. I think he was the one uh, who had a kid who was a high jumper, and he wanted to help him see uh, visual proof of kind of the concept of what we're talking about, of how he could get better. And so then he got a few smart people together and said, you know, I don't want to run the camera. Like, how do we do this? And then like we're talking like 2013-14 era here and okay. so uh they were getting that going um and figuring it out and uh it's it's been by far I, I i've seen all the cameras nobody's technology touches theirs it is it is incredibly good and it's allowed us to build a huge uh network in a niche and because of it it allowed us to sell to our largest competitor who's you know been unbelievable to work for in this first month and uh they they're very respectful of the tools that we have and um you know to to understand that there's multiple revenue streams that live within this stuff too I think is is super cool. so, if you would have told me when I was in Redwood Falls, Minnesota, and I was driving the thing we had was called a marty unit um it was like I have the k l g r pickup i'd I'd pull up <laughs> and I'd take this like long antenna like it would go up in the air yeah. and that- <laughs> Going too hard here. Uh, I I I popped that thing up in the air. Sorry about the cough, folks. And it was like I was beaming it back to the radio station. That was technology, you know. I mean, that was amazing. You know, I it was just like, whoa. Oh, we used to have these little cartridges. We call them carts that we'd run our radio spots on. And uh, but if you tell me how to get to what we're doing today and the impact it's having on the viewer. And also on the player and the game, I would sign up a million times over. It was really hard to get there. A lot of ramen noodle moments for sure. Um, sure, and you know, you know, me getting distracted with uh, wrestling because I loved it uh, and that type of thing. But really, in the end, I wouldn't change a thing because I learned things in business and entrepreneur uh, behaviors through running those shows, which I would say are invaluable. You could go to any school you want to, any business school. You don't learn shit. I mean, you don't. You get a boatload of theory and a bunch of professors who think they know everything, who know nothing, who've owned nothing, not a damn thing. And then you go out there and go, okay, I can own it. No, you can't. You've got to do it, and you've got to get beaten up. you got to get bruised, and you got to choose to either get up or sit down. And if you get up and keep going, that's when you can start doing some stuff. And it may and, and for it's not for some. Some want to have that steady check. They want the man to completely control them, and they don't care. And that that's I would say it's a good chunk of the workforce, and that's cool.
0: That's not them. for me,
1: dude. It, it ain't for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I've tried that one, and uh, I would no take
1: less I take less to do it my way.
0: Yeah. I would too, and I I was talking about that yesterday. I was uh, I was talking. I was at the, okay. I I was sitting in the hot tub at the at the gym. I was talking with go. the lifeguard there, and she was telling me the same thing. You know, um, I was doing doing something else. Could have got that steady check, but I love doing this, and I get to be with my my daughter. I think she said her daughter. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and I told her, you know, peace of mind costs a lot of money. Peace of mind isn't free.
1: Peace of mind isn't free, but it's worth a ton, you know? Yeah. And, uh, when you have it, um, it's good. Um, but when you have also the ability to realize goals, visions, and dreams, it's worth even more. Yeah. I would say to anybody, follow your passion you know, uh, you gotta, you, I did this without any money, man. Like, mm-hmm. like I, but my dad didn't have any money. I mean, he did, but you know, they got divorced yeah. and it wasn't Um, so, so, but the reality was, is like, you know, you couldn't go, Hey daddy, can you uh, invest in my business? Uh, no, no, it just doesn't work that right. well. But you know, yeah. you know, how he, he got me going. Uh, I, I said to him, um, I used to ask him for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, all the time in, like, 78, 79-ish because I loved yeah. to go to concerts, wrestling matches, and movies in the drugstore to get treats, right? What kid didn't?
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: that was back in an era when you would go as two buddies. We would get on the bus, and we'd go to the Minneapolis Auditorium and, you know, go to a match, and we're like, we're 12, <laughs> you know, and nobody gave us – it's just what you did. Yeah. So uh, he pulls out a gas can one day in the spring when I was 12, 78. And he holds it up to me and he goes, uh, Hey kid, here you go. I just invested in your business. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I just bought you a tank of gas. Um, what you need to do is go find some lawns to mow. Um, uh, well, what do I charge? He goes, well, guys have tried to charge me this, 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 and this, you have to determine what you're worth. And so I'm like, okay, so I'm going over to Carlton Dale's house, the guy next door to me, just a raging drunk, hilarious, great guy, but woo. There's no way he was cutting his grass. So that was my first target, right? So that's prospecting. You know, I'm like 12. I'm like, Dale is never going to do his lawn. I'll go get that. (laughs) So Carlton comes to the door and I go, yeah, uh, do you need help with your lawn? He goes, yeah. I said, uh, he goes, how much? I said, well, uh, I'll do it with, uh, no bagging at five bucks. If I bag it, it's at uh, seven bucks. And if you want me to trim 10, he goes, done, 10. He goes, do you shovel? I go, yeah, I'll shovel. He goes, okay. How much? I looked at his driveway. I go, ten. He goes, done. So then he was my first customer, and then before he you know, in, in two weeks I had seventeen lawns, averaging probably seven bucks a piece. Think about that.
0: That's great. Like, that, that's money a
1: twelve-year-old wouldn't even know what to do with. I mean, that like yeah. like, like ten bucks then is equivalent to a hundred today, or some yeah. crazy number. And so, um, I loved that concept that I could actually sell myself and be a little cocky about it, like so John basil up the road bayes ah he you know he has the good gear with his dad worked at Toro. I was pissed about that. he had the good gear, <laughs> so I had to work against the gear and tell them that I service better that I'll be here always. I don't go on vacations. Yeah, I yeah. played baseball in the summer, but yeah, th- that was all, like, real stuff. And that's what started it all, and it never left. And- I'm grateful for my dad, God rest his soul, too, for having, you know, the balls to basically say, leave me the fuck alone. Can I yeah. say that?
0: Yeah, fuck, yeah.
1: Yeah, leave me the fuck yeah. alone. Uh, get your own damn money and fuck off. And, and I'm like, yeah. okay, so I did. And it was great. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, and having that at 12 and then, you know, going to school then after that, um, which is another whole different group of people that can be, you know, customers, I guess, uh, or, you know, clients of whatever. And um,
1: Well, I went to the University of Minnesota, and I had to get a communications degree for broadcasting. And I'm sitting there in two years taking biology. I'm taking chemistry. I'm taking just these bullshit courses that have nothing to do with reading the news, with yeah. doing sports, with speaking. And, um, I'm doing miserably, um, on academic probation, mind you, because the chicks were amazing. Like I, like I didn't struggle. So, uh, in the <laughs> then, and then, yeah. uh, so, so I go, uh, I go to my advisor and I'm like, this isn't working for me. Like, I don't feel I had, a uh, uh, I had a Nobel Prize winning journalism uh, or did he win the Nobel? Maybe that or the Pulitzer or whatever uh, journalism professor. All he did was talk about himself for every class. And you go, dude, like, like, I don't even know how to write a. Ju- I don't even know how to start a story. And he said, well, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but you should go up the road to Brown College, Brown Institute for Broadcasting. That's more for you. It was a trade. Um, and I wasn't doing yeah. it as a trade then, and that's what I said. Wow. So I go up there, Mike Souchere, his brother Joe is a big media personality here. Mike walks me through, and I'm not even halfway through. I go, where do I sign? And then I signed up right away. I went back to Randy Strobel. You know who Randy Strobel looked like? He <laughs> he he looked like the teacher in Beavis and Butthead. You know, okay, class, it's time for the wonderful world of haiku. Remember that guy?
0: Van Dresen. He kind of – yeah.
1: He had the hair, just the whole, like <laughs> – like kind of diminutive body talk like that. So I go back into Randy Strobel's office and he goes, I figured as much, congratulations, good luck to you. I'm supposed to keep you here. He goes, but I see your passion and what you want to do. And um, I'm just saying that sometimes whatever people's path is, there's no traditional way to get there because we say as society, you have to have a degree. You have to have, who says, who says you have to have anything. How about you have to have passion, talent, and the ability to get things done. And the work ethic and the drive. If you don't have the talent, the ability, work ethic, and drive, you can take all the degrees in the country and throw them away because they're worthless. It doesn't mean you're qualified. Yeah. Wow. How about that for a rant?
0: Yeah. I I love it. I mean, I I tell people to uh, drop out of school anytime. I wish I could have dropped out of school when I was uh, 16, when uh, it was okay to drop out of school and – I mean, at that time, I wouldn't,
1: I, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I mean, like
0: I, I was, I, already, think,
1: I think at a bare minimum, get the damn diploma because everybody yeah. does, you know, like get that, you know, but, <laughs> but, but, but I would say the next steps, you know, what? there's some instances though where, where college is a really good, good situation for, for students, because it really forces them to start time management, start structuring their lives, start understanding what, what bills and payments are and those types of things because maybe they haven't had the like business structure that I had when I was 12. Uh, yeah. and everybody has that, so I think it's good. If you want to be an attorney, you need to definitely go and get that education. If you want to be in the medical industry, you need to go and get that education. Uh, there are absolutely certain things that you need to do. But I'm just saying if you want to get into business,
0: like – You got to find, find something.
1: I would say a business college is all you need because you can get the skills to run the business right there.
0: Yeah. And also, I mean, a big bonus of the business school is uh, networking and having those people that you you work with, um, or that you're going and learning with, they're going to be a great thing to hire you for whatever job that is to keep that going. And um, I was just talking about this, like, uh, you go and you, you, you know, you go to one of the business schools, and then you start your own company and you need people to work. You go back to that business school. You got a bunch of people that uh, can intern uh, if that'd be the, the correct word and be able to have a feeding system of people just waiting to get in. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I was, I I got into eBay in high school and um back in the nineties and when it first kind of hit and I I was selling wrestling tapes and uh, I, I got these things. I mean, I was a minor, so I don't know how this really works. I think it's been long enough, Um, but I, I got this, like, I think it was 13 discs of like little clips of porn. Um, And I just, copied those over and just sold those on ebay forever and um that worked out pretty well that was it just you know i don't know i I, i've been working since i was like probably around the same age and i think it's something that's important you know it it is
1: really important and experiences matter Uh experiences matter and i think it um if you're willing to take a chance, you either win or lose. I'd rather lose trying.
0: Yeah, me too. And fucking up know? is important.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, and we all do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I've got a. I hate to do this, but we've been going for like yeah, ninety I, minutes. I'm sorry. I hope people are still watching the show.
0: I, they will be. I hope uh, so. They're in it like I'm in it. Um. So you got you have tomorrow uh, night. You have
1: oh, that's right. I wanted to mention Steel the Main Wrestling. It's their last event. Uh, Mark Koval, uh, the Golden Idol, and uh, Ed Hellier uh, put out a note uh, that this is their last event. Uh, that they're uh, they're folding in the Steel the Main Wrestling, and that kind of brings a full circle from where you know he he kind of I'm not saying that he ended it, but he was kind of thinking about it way back uh, 12 years ago. Yeah. And uh, now they're just basically saying, okay, this is it. And then Midwest All-Star Wrestling is going to, according to their their note, it's going to uh, carry on some of the legacy of Steel the Main Wrestling and the things that made it so special. I would argue that Steel the Main Wrestling has been one of the top indies in its time, no question. Yeah. Um, did it become a developmental uh, league like some? No. Uh, but did it produce insane talent that are all on those rosters? Yep. Yeah. Uh, did, did a lot of the guys go through there? Yes. Uh, was a Steel, Cole Cabana, Adam Pierce, all of those guys absolutely out and making it happen? 100 percent. super yeah. cool, super cool vibe there. Ad runs a great promotion. I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow night.
0: Awesome. Um, uh, yeah, no, that'll be uh, a lot of fun. That was, uh, that's a hell of a run a hell of a run and you know once it's time to go it's time to go and it's there's nothing wrong with that
1: 97 or 98 is when they started something like that st paul championship wrestling then then yeah. uh that's when a steel and the group said you know what steal the main wrestling you want it and uh, ed took it over and it became its own animal which was just awesome
0: yeah um yeah. So I, I hope you get to enjoy that tomorrow night. And um, I, I know, yeah, you, you got to get going. Uh, and I, I kept I it way longer than I said I would. So um, sorry about that. Uh, and yeah. So uh, where are people going to find you or work with you or um, what not here?
1: Uh, people can find me at mnhockey.tv, hockey dot TV. And uh, okay. that's where my stuff is. And, uh, it's like a, uh, it's like a, an absolute, um, playground of, of, of hockey product. If, uh, anybody wants to check out the high school scene, we've got a lot of the big section playoffs coming up in about a month. Um, those do huge numbers. They're really entertaining. So to get a good vibe, just go to mnhockey.tv, check it out. Scoot, uh, just spin around and see what we got. We got some free highlights down there for people to check out too. So, um, it's, it's a, been a fun run for sure.
0: Excellent. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for being on Pete. Uh, Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah. You're welcome. Happy to see you again. And uh, yeah. Best of luck tomorrow. All right.
1: I looking forward to We'll have to follow up on that sometime.
0: Yeah. I'll get you back here in a few months. If you're up for it.
1: I'm all, I'm, I had a blast. So thank Perfect. you. Me okay, too. buddy. All right. Take care. All right. too, Thanks.
0: All right. all right. Oh, there we go. Uh, that's Pete Wagner. So yeah. Great guy. I enjoyed working with him when I was in Minnesota. He brought me on. Uh, some fucking dude out of Portland moves to Minnesota and like, hey, can I work here? And he, he brought me on. And I'm thankful for him and I, it was great just to yeah meet him and hang with him and call matches with him. So um, thank you everyone for being here and listening. Check out Pete, uh And, yeah, that's what you should do. So thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. And that is the Joe Man Boom. It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker! It's Rusty Diamond Motherfucker! Ma-